This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in to MLB Extras podcast, Astros Edition. Pleased to be joined by Astros reporter Brian McTaggart. Let's get into the most recent news, Justin Verlander coming up a little bit short in his quest to win a second AL Cy Young Award. So that it goes to Blake Snell, who was very deserving as well. Sub-2 ERA, Brian, with the Rays this past season. Uh, not totally unexpected, but perhaps a little disappointing that Verlander couldn't pick up that second one. Yeah, I think the voting went about the way I thought it would. I mean, I, I thought Snell would win. I thought it would be pretty close, and it turned out to be, you know, very close, really, just with the... Uh, you know, the first place votes 17 to 13. And then, you know, the overall points, they were only separated by, what, 15 overall points. So, you know, a pretty tight race. Um, you know, it was interesting that both both guys had really different kind, kinds of resumes. Verlander sort of had the, the bulk. He had the, the 214 innings, which was second in the AL. And he had the 290 strikeouts, which, which led the AL. Um, you know, you had the, the gaudy whip of 0.90, which led, you know, all of Major League Baseball as far as starters go. Um, but then you look at Snell, who had uh, some pretty good numbers, although he, he, he had 33 and a third fewer innings, but he had the ERA that was, you know, under two, which was hard to ignore. You know, obviously, you know, the, the 21 wins for, you know, take that for what it's worth. I mean, Verlander should have had 22 or 23 based on not only run support, but the bullpen blowing some games. And maybe that would have swayed votes a little bit. Who knows? I mean, I think either one of these guys could have won it. But but Verlander, when we talked to him after his final start of the regular season, sort of laid out his case. And, and he said that he thinks 200 innings should matter. He thinks the workload should matter. You know, taking the ball uh, and going through the lineup third time every start should matter. Um, and he did that. And he was just spectacular, especially down the stretch. And he, he said also he thought that this, w- this was a vote that could possibly change the landscape of how Cy Young voting goes. He said if you're going to take a bigger look at guys like Chris Sale and, and Snell, who didn't have the innings that Verlander had, you're going to start taking a harder look at, at some relievers. So for him, the, the, the workload and the amount of innings was really something that he was his banking his season on. And, um, but, you know, as it turned out, you know, some people turned to Snell. And, you know, like I said, either, e- either one could have went that way. But now Verlander has three second place Cy Young finishes and and could be sitting here with three Cy Youngs if things would have turned out a little differently right now he only has one yeah that durability certainly uh interesting to see how that's weighed in terms by the voters in terms of Verlander over 200 innings and yeah the ace of a staff that you know once again was in first place and went to the playoffs as opposed to someone who was the ace of a staff who didn't go to the postseason. Those things all play a factor. Interesting to see how that trends in the future as well. Uh, Former Cy Young winner Dallas Keuchel turned down, as expected, the $17.9 million qualifying offer by the Astros, and he heads out into free agency. Uh, We've talked a little bit about this in the past weeks, um, as that was expected for Keuchel to do that. But is there a chance that still a long-term 
contract could be worked out with the Astros or is Keiko someone that looks like could be moving on elsewhere? Yeah, I think it's unlikely he comes back at this point. I mean, I think there is a scenario which he could come back. And I think if we get into mid-January, late January, and the, the market isn't there for him that, that he envisions. And we saw this last year with some guys and who ended up taking, turned down qualifying offers that took smaller deals. But I think if the market isn't there that what he wants, I could envision a scenario where he comes back to Houston, um, maybe even on a, a multi-year deal. I think that's very unlikely at this point because I think the Astros by that time might have already moved on from Keuchel in that, you know, they need to go out and add another starting pitcher to the rotation. And, you know, if they go out and, and make a trade for, you know, just to say Paxton or they sign Eovaldi, you know, that's going to fill the, the Keuchel role of their number three starter, really. I mean, you look at their rotation for next year, and, yeah, they're losing Keiko. They're probably going to lose Charlie Morton. And, of course, Lance McCullers Jr. is out for the year. That's 500 innings they have to replace. But they have Verlander and Cole at the top of the rotation. Very good place to start. Two guys that finished in the, the top five in the Cy Young voting, so probably the best one-two in the big leagues. Then you have a guy like Colin McHugh who's got a strong track record as a starter who can come in there. They have some young kids who, uh, like Josh James who could be their fifth starter. And if they go out and add, you know, a, 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 a good third starter, this is a very good rotation. So um, I think with or without Keiko, um, they're going to find a way to fill that third starter role. And I, I certainly think there'll be a, mar- a market for Keiko. You know, a left-hander who's 30 years old, has a, a strong track record of performing the last four or five years. Um, he's he's going to get a contract and probably not with the Astros. Certainly the, the Astros have done such a great job of, you know, in the front office of replacing players, developing their minor league system to get to the point where they're at, you know, contending every year. And, and one of the key people involved in that and in the in the World Series championship team a couple of years ago was uh, Mike Elias. He was a member of the front office, assistant general manager. Now he's moving on to the Baltimore Orioles, head of baseball operations there. And he was kind of a key component, right? So that's that's a bit of a loss for the Strohs organization. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Elias is a guy that followed Jeff Luno from the Cardinals to the Astros when Luno was hired in 20, late in tw- the winter meetings in 2011 to be the general manager. One of the first people he brought with him was, uh, was Mike Elias. He, he started as an area scout with the Cardinals and sort of worked his way up. He was over the draft for the Astros. You know, when the Astros drafted Correa, um, you know, he was involved along with some guys from the old Astros regime, like Bobby Heck, he, who was involved in that as well. But then, you know, Elias uh, has been in, in charge of the last few drafts. And, and, you know, they've had some good ones. I mean, look at, you know, Bregman and Correa and the colors and, and some of those guys. But that's just another, you know, defection from the Astros, you know, front office, especially analytics. A couple of weeks ago, Sig Meidel, who also came over from the Cardinals, who headed up their anal- analytics department, former NASA rocket scientist, blackjack dealer, just a, a fascinating guy as far as his background and getting into baseball, um, joined with Luno in St. Louis and then moved to the Astros. And and he resigned a couple of weeks ago when his contract uh, was not renewed. And, you know, there's some speculation he could follow Elias to the Orioles, which would be huge for Baltimore because um, both those guys, Elias and Mydell, have done tremendous work here with the Astros. And and if uh, this this will be the second guy that has worked with Luno in Houston now that has gone on to be a general manager or, you know, slash president of baseball ops, whatever you want to call it. David Stearns uh, with the Brewers um, was hired by Jeff Luno and eventually was his assistant general manager before going to the Brewers. So um, it seems like that uh, Luno and his success in Houston and the success in the front office is starting to uh, blossom into a, a little tree here now where he's pro- looks like he's going to produce two 
other general managers. So, um, you know, that's the price of success. Other people want your guys. You're going to lose some of your guys, and that's going to be up to Luno to try to replace some of these guys in the front office that he's losing to other teams. Yeah, I was just going to say that is the price of success. You end up losing certain guys that uh, were pivotal to that success, but that's just how it works. Talking with Brian McTaggart, Astros reporter. Brian, the front office nearly pulled off uh, quite a deal, uh, it sounds like, or reportedly out there back in July. Bryce Harper was uh, was nearly an Astro, and it was actually the Nationals that perhaps shut down that deal at the end. What can you tell us about that near trade? It's always fun to talk about rumors even after the fact and what could have been, but Bryce Harper was nearly an Astro midseason. Yeah, that sort of came as a stunner. I mean, that's something that you know, did not come up at all during the regular season and you know, has been reported here recently, but it just kind of shows you how much the Astros were going for it. I mean, um, they had a hole in their outfield. They called up Kyle Tucker, their top prospect, in early July and they did it to give him a shot for a couple of weeks. Let's see what he can do. He was killing it at AAA, uh, just did not translate over to the big league level. So by the end of July, you know, they knew they were going to send Tucker down and, and had a hole in, in the outfield. You know, they had Springer in center. They had Reddick and Wright. Um, so it looks like they, they tried to pull off this deal to get, to get, um, to get Bryce and, and put him in the outfield, which would have been a, a, a huge boost for the Astros, who at times really struggled to score runs in the playoffs, certainly not like they did in 2017 when they had this historic offense. So, you know, maybe things would have changed. I mean, maybe, you know, they don't lose game two against Boston at the ALCS and and they take control of that series. Who knows? But, um, you know, two years ago, the Astros went out and made the Verlander deal, um, you know, at the last second on on August 31st. And and if you remember also, I think it was that year at the non-waiver deadline at the end of July, they had a deal in, in place for Zach Britton from the Orioles and the Orioles ownership nixed that deal as well. So, Astros have been on the cusp of a couple of big deals. And, uh, you know, Jeff Luno, as we've, he's not quite Jerry DePoto as far as making deals, but he's not shy about making deals and making big deals and impact deals. Their farm system is so deep that they could have made a deal to land Bryce Harper. He would have only been in Houston for a couple of months, but who knows? Maybe uh, he, he would have got them over the hump past the Red Sox to the World Series. But I, that, that being said, I don't think they're going to sign Bryce Harper in free agency. I just don't think the Astros are are going to be in the market to pay that kind of money. Yeah, that certainly would have been interesting to look back on and see what would have happened. But you just mentioned free agency. And as we uh, finish up here, Brian, what's next? Is it a James Paxton type guy or just to replace Dallas Keuchel? If that, if Keuchel doesn't end up coming back the way you and others feel that he probably won't, uh, what's next for this Astros team here in free agency? Yeah, I certainly think Paxton would, that's the kind of the picture I think would make sense. Um, and I think somebody that, that they would go after, you know, I think they have the, the prospects to get something like that done. You know, maybe, you know, Patrick Corbin, um, you know, Paxton would be a trade. Patrick Corbin would be a free agent, um, a left-hander to replace Keiko. Um, you know, maybe maybe somebody like Eovaldi, who did a great job in, with Boston in helping them win the World Series. Eovaldi is a Houston area guy. Uh, he went to Alvin High School about 30 miles south of Houston. And the only other big leaguer to ever come out of Alvin High School is Nolan Ryan, who also throws 100 miles an hour. So, you know, maybe Valdi has some uh, some interest in coming home to the Astros. Who knows? But, I, you know, I do think they'll, they'll have an impact starting pitcher. They have to address the catcher situation. You know, they got Chris Herman to go with Max Stassi. Still, I think they could be in the market for some of the bigger names on the uh, on the. Uh, on the free agent market, like Grandal and, and Ramos, and maybe even Riamulto via trade, and then they have to add a DH. They they need they need another bat. For, uh, DH would be nice. You know, Nelson Cruz maybe thirty nine years old could be a fit. So they certainly have some work to do, beginning with some pitching. 
Absolutely. They have work to do, but certainly a lot of pieces already in place for a team that'll be contending yeah. every year, it looks like, for quite a while. Brian, that should be an interesting offseason. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brian McTaggart joining us on MLB Extras. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.